one, one third of shaking the table, the, the darn table, um, and I'll be just doing the introduction that day. So we're today we're talking about mental health and mental illness, and we're going to have our panel of panelists right here. Um, you're gonna, uh, we're going to ask some questions after we're going to have a QA, and then um, we have some um, vendors you can pick up and get more information about things. Um, so mental health, mental health and mental illness is a very, very important thing um, that we kind of sometimes can put down and put it, not really take it as important as it really is. Um, so we're just trying to make rank to and somebody who's going through therapy and not going to test it is one of the best decisions I've made in my life. So, whoa! Um, I'm sorry, I'm screaming at you. I guess next, the first thing we're going to have is a spoken word by Ms. Angelica Gunnarsson, the free creative. She's called that because of her ability to heal, grow, inspire, and learn through life's experiences. She wants to continue to inspire others by letting them know that they have that power to be free and to create also. So please join me in welcoming Enderica Gunnison. Thank you. 
Um, next up, we're going to have number two of, I feel like I keep spitting in his name. Number two of Shaking the Table podcast, my friend, Mr. David Corley. Good evening. I have the pleasure of introducing our panelists we have right here. And I want to start the end with Ms. Bridget Hill, PhD, Assistant Professor and Director of Online Undergraduate Program and Department of Psychology. Next, I have up, Francis Chang, talk, and mental health advocate. Third, I have Destiny Love, she's doing normal arts. Welcome. And then last but not least, Martez Files, PhD, and he has his UAB's 2017 to 2020 Diversity Enhancement Program Fellow and Community Activist. Welcome as well. So, the, how, the, how the panel discussion will go, we're going to jump into the topics and give them a chance to expound upon them. And you, you can continue the flow, there's no restrictions. So, anybody who wants to answer, just jump in here. Now, I'm going to start things off with defining mental health. talk about mental health, we're talking about mental well-being, and we're talking about our emotions, thoughts, feelings, and our ability to state problems and overcome difficulties, our social connections, and our understanding of the world around us. A mental illness is an illness that affects the way people think, feel, behave, or interact with others. There are many types of mental illness, and they have many symptoms that impact people's lives in different ways. So I know a lot of us can relate to these feelings. Uh, we have um, these mental health professionals here and activists, and we're going to get the So I'll start off the discussion. How would you describe the difference between mental health and mental illness? Well, <laughs> you just gave um, a very good definition for mental health, which encompasses, um, well, let's. let's Um, that are outside of 
respiratory forms and caused either that individual distress um, or people around them. Um, <laughs> yes, because, you know, so, so there are some limitations. Um, what, what I'm doing may not be distressing to me, not me. However, I may be called distress to others. Um, so, so maladaptive thoughts, behaviors, or feelings that um, tend to have a negative impact on daily functioning and um, those individuals around us. Definitely. So how do you how do you relate it to what you just said? How do you think self-image affects mental health?
that could already be a distorted place to start if you're not starting um, from a healthy place. Because we're so overwhelmed, we have to remember that 
community is important. We have to lean into the community and recognize that you can't do everything by yourself. Asking for help is central to the ways that I cope. Um, I don't take on tasks that are huge and that are uh, beyond my capacity. I ask for help and I break those things down in bite-sized pieces. And so some of that is also central to cope. And when it comes to uh, you said you said the word community, um, a lot of times it starts with people around us, but the community have also has to have resources and tools that you know are able to help people that don't know where to go for these things. So, what do you think are some ways that Birmingham, starting with, can improve where they um, the resources they provide for people that suffer with these other? Law enforcement, right? And so the police will, will, will throw a lot of money into 
you know, making sure more beat cops on the street, making sure cars and cameras and hyper surveillance, all of that stuff is central. But we don't invest in a therapeutic nature that gets to the root of those issues, right? So no investments in social workers, no investments in community health workers, community crisis managers, no investment from the top down in really those therapeutic approaches that can be beneficial in our community. So I think setting a public safety uh, priority around mental health and well-being, around therapeutic care, self-care, making sure that folks in our community have access to the resources that they need, right? That needs to be a budget, uh, budget line item, right? And so we need to shift priorities. I think often in cities, what we get like, kind of stuck in is kind of a cycle of doing things the way it's always been done. We get, we get accustomed to seeing things happen a particular way and it becomes a tradition. And often we have to break away from that so that things can be better and so that we can see change on the ground. People are overwhelmed. People are stressed. They're depressed. They're anxious. And there needs to be some focus um, on those areas. And we need to talk to folks. We got folks in our community like No More Martin and Brother Let's Talk and Sherilyn, a friend of mine. Like these folks who are doing this critical work that's not being supported, that's not being funded, that's not being invested in. And so that has to be, have to change the program, right? That has to be a shift in an adjustment that has to happen right now. Sorry, we can't go on online, but I was just so blessed um, at a recent commencement. I participated in every commencement at UAB since I was hired on full time, and I'm always glad to participate in the undergrad commencement because I teach undergraduate students. This past, this last commencement we uh, just held, uh, the spring commencement, uh, they had too many people in the Marshall Room for undergrad, so they had to put me in the graduate commencement. So I was a little bit bummed out because I didn't think that you know I had any students, but I did get to see some of my students who had gone in the graduate. It's not the point. What really touched my heart was, sorry, touched me that much, was to see the number of African American females receiving their PhDs in nursing. And when they could, the, uh, the graduates, they announced their dissertation titles. And every single one of them had to do with racial inequity uh, and, and um, uh, you know, things in, in healthcare. Uh, and it just blew my mind because I, it was just, it took over the world, it was like PhD, PhD, And my mind was blown. This is what it's going to take. Education, getting um, individuals educated so that they can go out and shape policy. Um, and policy is, is what's going to matter, you know? So um, getting people elected, getting people out there doing the research. Research shapes policy. And,
So in the in this era of church hurt, I believe that we really have an opportunity to to change the culture of church so that it can be a hub for some of these types of conversations in the education and real therapy because people, um, even if there's some hurt and there's some strained relationships, family is in the church, and so we have some opportunity there. recognize or suspect that you are having a problem or that someone you know 
technical problem, that the very first step is to get good, a good professional diagnosis. And that way you can work with your healthcare provider um, so that you can seek out the most affordable options. And there are several group therapy which can be very effective, oftentimes really cheap, and most times free, depending on whether or not things are going on in community centers. Um, you can get counseling now or psychological uh, psychotherapy online, provided by professionals, um, certified psychologists and counselors. Uh, there are apps now for talk space and things like that that make things very affordable. And also, if you think that you want to go to a private therapist or counselor, many of these individuals are willing to work with private pay patients on a sliding scale. And so you let them know that I don't have insurance, but can you work with me um, on, on, on a sliding scale and oftentimes they are willing to take on patients. And I would even say there are a lot more providers who accept Medicaid and are accepting insurances. And even people who are employed, you may even be able to, through your job, access mental health services. But that's things that people don't know. So, so if you just if you don't ask, if you don't even have the um, the idea that that could be even available to you, then you don't even know where to start. But I would start if you are employed. Like you don't have to have like a licensed background and all that, and you can't 
clinically diagnosable or treatment, but you can talk to other people who are experiencing similar things and kind of give them ideas for how you've been dealing with things, hear their ideas for how they've been dealing with things, and that can help, right? So just start a community support groups and community care groups. That's one thing I was going to mention as well. If, when we are just talking about mental health, there are a lot of things that are therapeutic that we can do um, prior to mental illness. So if we just create a culture of like one thing that he continues to focus on, which is so important as a community, you know, how are, are you getting together with friends? Are you getting together with family? Are you guys creating safe spaces to where you can be transparent and honest? And so if, if a person walks into your home
It's also education. It's also liberatory. It's how they get free. It's how you get free. It's how our communities get home. Right? So that's the word. And that's what we got to be committed to. Do I believe that I'm what? A God or an African-American. If God was an African-American. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I got you. Right. 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 You know, all of that good stuff, but my mental health has 
so important and I don't want shame to be attached to it. Shame has always been attached to mental illness and even when I checked myself in the other week, I didn't let nobody know because I didn't want my family to think that something's wrong with me, I'm broken, I'm crazy and all of these things that we like to label um, our mental health as. And so, um, Yeah. 
becomes harder to navigate through the spaces and feel comfortable. So other statistics to like are beneficial when confronting people or communicating communicating with them about those problems. So Blackness is dynamic and it's not monolithic, and uh, black folks are diverse people, like, and black folks are not one way. And so, thinking that uh, black strength is in hiding and lying and covering up is, is not who we are, that's not a people. Um, the strength and beauty, the, like the dynamism of blackness, is its ability to feel, its ability to be emotional, its ability to see this world for what it is, right, and still love anyway, still be resilient anyway, right? Black folks have a, a, a way of seeing this world for what it truly is, right? And still waking up in the morning smiling, still loving white people, still taking care of the children in the community, still showing up in ways unimaginable, ways intangible. So we have to recognize that that is not um, core and central to black culture, right? And we have to divert those narratives to a more healthy, holistic narratives about what it means to be a full human being, right? And, and recognize that being a full human being is central to blackness. Folks have to humanize black folks for centuries, right? To know, take away their humanity, take away their personhood. And so a part of how we re, uh, kind of reinvigorate the beauty of blackness is to give them their personhood back and say, it's okay for you to feel, it's okay for you to break down, it's okay for you to not have a good day, it's okay for you to be mad as hell, it's okay for you to be sad as hell, it's okay for you to cry, right? All of those things are central to human beings. You are a human being, and so I think just changing that narrative is one way I want to approach those issues with those students.
get out there and walk. If you want a move booster, get out there before it gets hot and give yourself a 30 minute first walk. Um, do that in, in the morning, do that in the afternoon, whatever. Walking is free and you will notice a change in the And you can just begin a study on what foods affect You know, it's something that I have to approve 
call it a counseling circle, um, but we allow each other to feel our feelings. We don't run from it. We talk about it and we process through it. So this is why I'm feeling this. What are, what are some action steps? What, when do I want to do anything about it? And I begin to bounce it off of somebody else that, um, that I trust, that I know, that I love. Um, so if we just begin to feel through it, sit in it, acknowledge it, don't try to deny it that I'm feeling this, be honest and be genuine. And then just know that this is part of life. Trials will come. So I do, I do not to be too churchy, but I do believe that at times the church did not equip for the trial. Right? So we'll talk about a lot of things, even in families. We'll, we'll, we're really excited when everything is good, but do we equip people for when things are not? And it comes, and it comes more often than it doesn't. So I believe that's that's what we need to um, we need to do some work. This is part of life. This is part of it. So if you if you do not have your plan in place, what do you do to get yourself back to um, to a place of fullness? Then you're going to you make sure of mental illness. They said kind of what they said two important things earlier. It's kind of switching to how I work. They talk about grace and also like the self-talk. So often um, I ask myself when I'm, when I'm engaged in negative self-talk, like, I'm so stupid, I'm so dumb, can't believe you did that, da, 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 da. I have to show myself grace because I have to remember that I too am somebody love and I want to talk to somebody that I love like that, right? So like, how do I talk to people who I love and care about, right? And I too am somebody who I love and care about. And so I have to remember to kind of redirect the self-talk that I give myself and kind of change it from a negative self-talk to positive self-talk, all right? You can do these things, right? Kind of getting out of that catastrophic thinking um, that often uh, comes with anxiety and is exacerbated by folks anxiety. This is like this, it's the end of the world if I don't do this. Oh my God, I can't believe like everything's gonna explode and blow up and it's over and they're coming to get me everything like that. Like, they're gonna take my car, they're gonna take my house, all, like all these things are kind of like slowing down and thinking about what's rational. And what can I do in this moment? How can I solve this problem right now? Right? Is there anything that I can do to solve this right now? Right? And also show myself grace. Like the more I extend grace to myself, I find that it's easy for me to extend grace to other people. And so, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, before I get to the final marks, I have to say I just want to thank you, dude. Self-care is the best care. Best thing you can do for yourself is to heal yourself. Because we're here to help people, we're here to serve people. You can't help people if you grow up. You can't help people if you're carrying all the way through the world. So, and number two, everything's a process. So, don't expect things to change. Proof doesn't always follow every step. You know what I'm saying? So, everything, every time you um, take a new step and you continue in the process, remember that it's ongoing, it's not going to be overnight. Patience. So, I just want to give a round of applause to our. We appreciate y'all insight and transparency. And for the final remarks, um, we practice. Give another round.
stuff. And um, for me, that moment kind of like really struck for me because about two weeks before he killed himself, he had hit me up and he like asked me to get a bunch of people together to like hang out and stuff like that. You know, like sometimes you can be really busy and like, like okay, I'll do this and then don't do it. So I didn't know that that was like something that could have been a pivotal moment in him. And that really made me think about, because I deal with mental, you know, health issues as well. Sometimes I like think that everybody does. Um, and for me, that was kind of like, not only do I need to check in on myself, but I need to check in on the people around me. So I think that not just being able to sit and talk around people who you know, but being able to open it up to your community and be able to talk to people who you don't know and really open up and tell your story is important because we all suffer anxiety sometimes. And we do need to get away from those like strong black women and black men um, or, you know, in any race really, just being that strong person who can't really open up. And that we think that being strong is just holding it in and just doing what we have to do. But what we have to do is to look in for ourselves and make sure that we're okay before we can go out to anybody else and do anything in life. So I thank y'all so much for coming out here. I do want to thank all the people who helped with this event. Um, our vendors that we're going to let you guys go and like, get some information about what all they do within the community. Um, Elevated, UAB Active Minds, Driven Fitness, a friend of mine, Children's Hospital, PIRC Group, and Mammoth Health Foods. And you guys can go and see all the things that they do every day. Also, I want to thank Michelle Craig from um, Birmingham Support.
and I think that sometimes we let those waves drown us. So find, you know, your swim, your rhythm, or something in that water, because we all have to have some type of anchor and some type of why. And if you can't see it, then just remember that everything is like a season. It's a season for everything, so moments are temporary and nothing lasts long or forever. So if you're sad, acknowledge that you're sad, but you can put that energy somewhere else and just always remember that if you're a tree, you, you're not a tree, you can move. That's one thing about it. So um, just keep those things in mind because I do think and I know that most of the time people, even if it's from suicide, depression and things like that, they really just want that feeling to go away. And you have that ability in you to make it go away. But only you can make it go away. Because nine times out of ten, it really doesn't matter who's on the outside of you. Because what I'm truly learning is happiness comes from within. So we just have to grab that anchor inside of us and just make sure that we're able to just get past it. So I want y'all all to stand up for me. Please and thank you. I want y'all to hug y'all Yes, literally. Yes, I want y'all to Thank you all again.